1: So, before we start, let's uh, pray. So, Father, we need your help. Father, anoint and appoint our ears to hear what you're saying. And, Father, I just pray, Lord, I need your help. Father, for you to translate your message to hearing ears. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that we are encouraged by your word, that we're encouraged by your holy name. Lord, that we encourage that you are always good. We may not be, and we definitely aren't always good, but you are always good. So, Father, I just put this message at your feet, Lord, that all glory go to you, Let all hope be in you, and, Father, we just love you and praise you and bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. The message is basically titled, God Will Get You Through, because life is really hard sometimes, isn't it? And Jade shared an excellent message this morning about us going through suffering and all those things. And sometimes you wonder, where on earth is God? But God, believe it or not, is actually always with us, always there. And we're going to look at some um, examples of that. But Psalm 46, 1 to 3 says, God is our refuge and our strength. He is an ever-present help in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the sea. And though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, God will still always be that ever-present help in our times of trouble. And uh, I'm sure 2019 was a hard year for many of you. I can certainly testify to that. Uh, 2019 was the hardest year I've had physically. Um, uh, It was um, since June last year. I've had the flu over 20 times, which has knocked me around really badly, and it's because my immune system's out. Um, But sometimes i got sick of being sick. And I said, Lord, where are you? But, you know, God leads us through troubles for a reason, because troubles are often the tools by which God fashions us for better things. And in Psalm 50, verse 15, God says, Call upon me in the day of your troubles, and I will deliver you, and you will honor me. Some verses, some versions rather say, You will glorify me, you will praise me. So when we call upon God, he will deliver us. Janelle Guzman McMillan was a 32 year old woman, dressed up to the nines. she loved fashion, so she was dressed up in very fashionable clothes and four inch heels and went to her office as per normal on a Tuesday morning. And she was talking to her friend up on the 64th floor and they were both sitting there chatting at her desk when she felt a shudder in the building she was in and, the bu- and felt a sway. And then she looked out the window, and there were papers flying everywhere. The date was September 11th, 2001. And she was in the World Trade Center, the first building to be hit by the plane. They didn't know what was going on, and, and they were told, you know, just wait. It's okay. Just uh, stay, stay in your um, station. Stay at your desk. But then when they saw the second plane hit the other tower... Janelle and her friend said, this is a terrorist attack. And her life flashed before her. She considered herself a kind of Christian, but she didn't really go to church. She uh, liked to go to parties and everything else. And, um, but her life suddenly flashed before her. And she started realizing, you know, I've got to change my life. Her and her friend descended down from the 64th floor, hoping to get to the ground floor. They rushed and rushed but in her four inch high heels, her feet were really starting to hurt. So by the time she got down to the 13th floor, she said, that's it, I'm taking my shoes off. She got one off. Just as she got the other one off, she said there was a huge shuddering, an incredible roar, a rumbling, dust everywhere. And then she was unconscious. And then she woke up buried under rubble. Her body was... Uh, Bent in places, she couldn't move anything except her left hand. And she was in incredible pain, excruciating pain. She then really thought about dying. She started begging God and saying, God, please help me get out of this. Please, Lord, send me a miracle. And she begged and begged and she didn't want to die. She said, God, I promise that I'll start living for you if you help me. But no matter how long she begged, nothing happened. She kept asking God, please, God, send me a miracle. And because she could move her left hand, she started trying to go upwards and then realized that her hand was in the air. She could feel wind blowing. So she knew her hand was somewhere above the rubble. And then suddenly a man grabbed her hand and said, it's okay, Janelle, I've got you. She had no idea how he knew her name because all it was was just a hand coming out of the rubble. But she was crying and worried and she prayed and said, God, please give me a second chance. But every time the man said, it's okay, Janelle, my name is Paul. I've got you. You won't um, die. You're going to get out. I've got you. You are safe. And she waited and waited. She kept squeezing his hand or 27 hours, she was buried under rubble, not able to see light. But this man, Paul, stayed by her all that time, encouraging her, giving her confidence, saying, it's okay, the emergency services guys will be here soon. Finally, she said she could hear them coming, the emergency service guys and uh, their tools, and they started digging around her. And then she felt one of the guys grab her shoulder and they started to pull her out a little bit and as they started to pull her out this man paul let go of her hand very gently and soon they had her outside and on a stretcher and all the workers were were cheering and whistling and uh um praising god because they said this was a miracle she was the last person to be dug out of the 9-11 heap and And, 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 it is. Could you guys at the back just flick for the next one? Thank you. I don't know if I did that or you, but thank you anyway. Um, So somewhere under that heap she was buried. And it took a while to get to the ambulance through all the rubble. And she thanked all the workers. And she asked, could she thank Paul? And she asked everyone, And all the workers said the same thing. They did not know what she was talking about. There was no Paul. And she advertised, and a a year later she would put out um, advertisements saying, I want to thank this Paul. And then she realized after all that time that this Paul was an answer to her prayer. Nobody knew him. Nobody saw him except her. And she didn't see him. She only felt his hand. His name was Paul. And he knew her name somehow, and then she realized and believed that this was a miracle from the Lord, that God had sent an angel to help her. She said, Lord, I am now going to live for you. And now she goes around the world telling people how God saved her. She started going back to church. She got re-baptized again and totally revolutionized her life for the Lord. So even though she went through a hard, horrible time, in a place that was a place of misery, God came through with a miracle. He didn't leave her alone. And in John sixteen thirty three, Jesus promised us. Actually, I'll read it. There you go. Thank you, Ben. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus promised us in this world we're going to have troubles. We are going to have trouble. So, you know, it's not something to look forward to, but it's not something to worry about. Worrying does not take away tomorrow's troubles. It just takes away today's peace. So when we're going through some hard trials, we've got to start learning to make sure we focus on God, not focus on the trials, not focus on poor me. Um, focus on the Word of God, which encourages us. But why do we have so many hassles? Why, why are we belted around sometimes? If we go to, can you take it to the next slide please? And down to the next one, thanks. So Daniel 7.25, this is talking about the antichrist who will arise. And Daniel says, He will speak against the Most High, which is God, and oppress His holy people and try to change the set times and laws. The holy people will be delivered into His hands for a time, times, and half a time. Thank you, brother. The NLT says that the Antichrist will oppress God's holy people. And of course, the Antichrist is Satan's servant. The ESV says that The Antichrist shall wear out the saints of the Most High. The NASB, if you can go down two slides, the NASB, the New American Standard, says that he will wear down the saints. And the New King James Version says that he shall persecute the saints. And the Contemporary English Version says that he will be cruel to God's chosen ones. Thank you, brother. He will be cruel to God's chosen ones. So in other words, the enemy is trying to wear us down, constantly harassing us, being cruel to us, oppressing us in every way that he possibly can. And if some of you are feeling like that, that's the enemy's job. Our job is to overcome all those attacks all the time. Those attacks will stop when we go to heaven. They will never stop unless you stop walking for God. And then you are no longer a threat to the enemy Psalm 99 says the Lord is a refuge for the oppressed and a stronghold in times of trouble that's where we go when we're in trouble that's where we that's who we talk to when things are really tough sometimes we got to wonder is God really with us and when we wonder that we can look at the Bible and look at his promises especially to Israel and see God's hand In Isaiah 49.3, God says, You are my servant Israel, in whom I will show my glory. Remember, God called Israel to be a light to the nations. A light just simply means being an example. And um, that's what Israel was to be, an example of God's glory. You know, the Jews are one-fifth of one percent of the world's population. Yet they make up 23% of all the Nobel Prizes incredible modern inventions, scientific, medical, and, uh, and technological discoveries are being made all the time in Israel. They are world leaders in many technological, scientific, and medical inventions. And so if you're finding things hard, start thinking about how God has continued to pre- protect Israel despite all her flaws. Because God's word is true, and he said she will always be protected by him. And he will bring her back for her end time, which is right now in our time. So when you're going through struggles, if the only time you pray is when you're in trouble, then you're in spiritual trouble. Because we should be praying all the time to the Lord. We should be communing with God and trying to understand God's word, despite the troubles that we're going through. So let's look at some of these things that God does through Israel to remind us of how amazing God is. And these are all documented. I had pages and pages of these miracles, but uh, we can't go through them all. But recorded um, in the history of Israel, which was Palestine before 1948. It was called Palestine. But in an ancient town in galilee there was a a a town called pekin where muslims jews and christians lived together in a fragile harmony and the story is that which the rabbi and the jewish people testified to at that time that the arabs were out on a murder raid one night and they came to kill the jews in the jewish village but they were confronted by a large group of large beings, they thought to be men, who were holding flaming swords and they fled in terror. Psalm 104 says, He makes his messengers winds and flames of fire his servants. In 1917, in uh, Tel Aviv, or rather in a place called Yavne near Tel Aviv, a large, actually the largest locust invasion. Uh, took the Middle East and these locusts were coming towards the Jewish farmlands and they didn't know what to do. They couldn't do anything. So all they did is went to bed praying and saying, Lord, please protect us because if locusts ate all the uh, crops, then the Jewish community would have been destroyed. They would have had nothing to eat, nothing to sell. And so after much worry and much prayer in the night, they woke up early in the morning thinking all their crops would be gone and they'd see locusts everywhere. But instead, there were white storks everywhere, thousands of white storks. And what had happened is the storks had flown in for a snack on the locusts. And they ate all the locusts before the locusts could eat the Jewish farmlands. And then their poop helped fertilise the ground even more, so they had a rich crop after that. Deuteronomy 28.8 says, The Lord will be a blessing on your barns and on everything to which you put your hand to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he's giving you. God's promises aren't fake. They are real. In 1948, there was a war. It was the war of independence in Israel when all the Arabs attacked Israel. And Israel was a very tiny nation. They didn't even have a proper army. And they were attacked by uh, professional armies some of them trained and led by British leaders. And a place called Deganya was the oldest kibbutz, a communal area in Israel. It was established in 1910. It had 70 Jewish defenders and it was attacked by hundreds of Syrian soldiers with 200 armoured vehicles, including 45 tanks. They first shelled the kibbutz, with constant shelling, and then in a mad rush, they sent a column of 45 tanks to attack all these guys, uh, these 70 Jewish defenders. They had no big cannons or anything like that, but they did have a couple of old howitzers from a 1870 French-Prussian War, and they had some Molotov cocktails. So the Jewish local commander was a guy by the name of Lieutenant Colonel Moshe Dayan, and if you've ever seen him in history, he's the guy with the, the, guy with the eye patch. The gen- he became a general later. He ordered, hit the first Syrian tank. 45 of them were rushing, but he said, hit the first Syrian tank, and either a howitzer shell or a Molotov cocktail hit the tank, no one's really sure. But it exploded in flames, but it didn't really damage the tank. And even though the Jews were totally outnumbered and outgunned, the Syrians didn't know it, and they thought the Jews had some secret weapons saw the first tank explode, the other 44 tanks turned around and fled away, as did the hundreds of Syrian troops, and Degania was saved. In Deuteronomy 28, 7, God says, The law will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction, but flee to another. In another town called Safed, near the Sea of Galilee, This was traditionally a place where one of Noah's sons established the city. And a small unit of Jewish Israeli defenders held off a thousand Arabs. Again, totally outnumbered and outgunned. During the attack at night, a storm rose. And it was thunder and lightning and all that. So what the Jewish soldiers did, they got the last of their petrol and they poured it over 50 metal drums that they had And they put some rocks in the drums and then they um, set them on fire and rolled all these metal drums down the hill towards the Arab camp. And with all the thunder, the lightning, the flames and the noise, the Arab army that was there, all thousand of them, freaked out, thought it was a new secret weapon that the Israelis had and they fled the battlefield. And uh, again, 70 men defeated 1,000 men. And Joshua 23.10 says, one of you, will put to flight a thousand, because the Lord your God fights for you just as he promised. Just as God promised Israel, so he promises us. So God is with us no matter what. In one, one part, uh, in battleground, another great uh, Israeli general by the name of Bigal Yadin, who became an archaeologist, was told to attack an Egyptian outpost. Again, they were totally outnumbered, like 20 men to about a 1,000. And he thought, if we go at them front on, they'll just totally destroy us. And even though he was an atheist, he remembered a Bible story that talked about an ancient road that went near that camp. So he thought, let's do a surprise attack. It was militarily impossible, and the, and the Jewish fighters should have died. But instead, they routed the Egyptians, and that battle helped in the war, two weeks later, Leviticus 2627 sorry Leviticus 26 seven and 8 says, "You shall chase your enemies, and they shall fall before you by the sword." And in July 1948, at Lydia airport, it was encamped around by seven thousand Arab troops, and the Jewish forces totaled 16 men. They were totally outnumbered at least 401. But they remembered the miracle of Gideon in the Bible, where Gideon and his 300 men routed and defeated thousands and thousands of their enemies. So these 16 men said, right, let's get dressed up as Arabs. They walked inside the Arab camp, they split up and they started firing the weapons. And the Arabs freaked out, um, thought they were being attacked by um, heaps of Israelis. They started shooting wildly, including shooting each other. And all seven thousand of those Arabs fled the airport, and sixteen Israeli soldiers took the airport back. Isaiah thirty seventeen says, A thousand will take flight at the threat of one, and the threat of five of you will flee, until you are left alone like a lone pole on a mountaintop, like a banner on a hill. This is why the Israelis knew even even atheist Israelis believed that the hand of God was on the battlefield. They just could not explain the incredible uh, victories that they had. In one place, uh, when in 1967 war, when they fought for Jerusalem, the um, one Israeli group of soldiers had 25 bullets left, 25 bullets left, and they had about 200 uh, Jordanian soldiers coming against them. And so they said, well, we're determined to spend the last bullets and die here. And as the Jordanian soldiers charged at them, the Jordanian soldiers suddenly stopped and screamed out, Abraham, Abraham, and then bolted the other way. And then one of the soldiers, whose name was Ira Rapaport, um, who's one of the Jewish fighters, later talked with the Jordanians a few years later and asked, why did they flee? And they told him that because they all saw a vision of Abraham defending the Jews in the sky, and so they fled. See, even the Arabs were seeing things, miracles of the Lord. In one battle, the Syrian army column was moving towards the Sea of Galilee. Um, Arab forces had surrounded a kibbutz And their aim was to kill every man, woman and child. And so a Jewish column of 24 homemade armored cars and trucks rushed to help. But the Jewish leader took the wrong turn and went into Lebanese territory. And as they turned a corner, they ran straight into a column of Syrian trucks and tanks and other things. And they didn't know what to do, so the Jews opened fire first, hitting the first truck, which is a fuel truck, which exploded. And the the flames then hit the truck behind it, which was full of grenades, and then massive explosions. And again, all the Arabs uh, in that uh, armoured column freaked out, left all their trucks, left all their weapons, and ran away thinking the Israelis had some special weapon. And so the Israelis had just enough people to be able to drive all the tanks and the trucks to the kibbutz to try and save them. And when they got to the kibbutz, the Arabs' attackers there had also fled because they heard the explosions and they knew that Israel uh, was on the go. So again, totally outnumbered, accidents happening, but God was clearly in the fight. In Exodus 23, God said, I will send my fear of you before your enemies, and I will destroy the people to whom you shall come, and I will make your enemies turn your backs to thee. So God promises that he will make our enemies flee. David Ben-Gurion, he was the first chief of staff and later became Israel's first prime minister, and he was an avowed atheist. But because he saw so many Incredible victories that couldn't be explained. He stated publicly, in Israel, in order to be a realist, you must believe in miracles. You know, God's hand was seen time and time and time again. God just doesn't favor the Jews. He favors us as well. And I've got pages of just incredible stories. You know, one soldier got lost one time came upon an Egyptian camp with about 3,000 Egyptian soldiers. And when he got there, he thought, oh, I'm going to be in serious trouble. But as he got there, they put down their weapons, threw their arms up and surrendered to him. And he didn't know what to do, so uh, he just picked up his little Uzi machine gun and said, okay. And he took nearly 3,000 Egyptian prisoners, um, soldiers as prisoners, led them back to the Israeli base And then later when the intel services came in and they interrogated the leaders, uh, the officers of the Egyptian army, they asked, why did you guys give up to one man? And they said, we didn't give up to one man. There was thousands of angels also holding guns and we knew that they were going to kill us if we did anything. So that's why they gave up. So they saw angels that that one soldier didn't see. So over 3,000 soldiers gave up to one soldier just pages and pages of incredible miracles in israel's wars and god like i said what he's done for others he'll do for us we may not see god's hand in our life sometimes it's only when we look back that we see it and sometimes we got to wonder why we go through so much troubles ourselves God says, I will be with you in your troubles." So he says, we're going to have troubles, but he's going to be with us. There's a song called the promise song. Talking about how God never promised us smooth sailing. It says, I never said that I would give you silver or gold. Or that you would never feel the fire or shiver in the cold. But I did say you'd never walk through this world alone. And I did say, don't make this world your home. I never said that fear wouldn't find you in the night or that loneliness was something you'd never have to fight. But I did say I'd be there right by your side and I did say I'd always help you fight. Of course, you know I made the promise that I intend to keep. My grace will be sufficient in every time of need. All my love will be the anchor that you can hold on to. This is the promise. This is the promise I made to you. God will be at anchor through all the storms. So if you're struggling, encourage yourself in the Lord. Encourage yourself in his word. And I'm just going to read a little Bible, straight Bible scriptures. This is the word of God. Blessed are you when you weep now, for you shall laugh. For the Lord has appointed unto you the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that you might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. So why is your soul so cast down and disquieted within you? Hope in God, remember him. Praise him who is the health of your countenance, and he is your God. The Lord thinks upon you, and he is your help and your deliverer. God is our refuge and our strength and our shield, a very present help in a time of trouble. He heals the broken heart and he binds up their wounds. So remove sorrow from your heart and don't let it be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You believe in God, believe also in Jesus, being confident of this very thing, that he which began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. No matter what you're going through, God is with us. Romans 8.31 says, if God is for you, who can be against you? And maybe you might be feeling a little bit like Martha and Mary, thinking that Jesus, you're four days late and our brother died. But Jesus' timing was perfect. And God's timing is perfect for you. He won't leave you. He won't forsake you. Like that possible angel named Paul He'll hold your hand and say, you're okay, you're going to get through. Psalm 91.15 says, they will call on me and I will answer. And I will be with them in trouble. And I will rescue them and honor them. One last scripture that we can all look up, Isaiah 41.10. Isaiah 41.10. Isaiah forty-one ten says this: Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. When you read your Bible, put your name there where it says "Fear not." Say, Frankie, fear not. Ben, fear not. Bopper, fear not. For I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I'll uphold you with my righteous right hand. So if you're going through hell, as Winston Churchill once said, keep going. Don't give up. God is with you, and he will get you through. Be encouraged in the Lord. He never lets his people down. He never lets the enemy totally defeat his people, but he does let us go through tests and trials to strengthen us to bless us and help us. So if you just want to close your eyes, and I'm just going to pray. If you want prayer after this, if you're struggling and you want some prayer for this, for this hard time in your life, please let uh, Brian know down the back, or, uh, um, or I can come and pray for you at the end, whatever you want to do. But whatever you do, don't give up hope. God's with you. He's going to look after you guys. He's going to defeat the enemy in your lives. They might seem incredible odds to us, might seem impossible to us. But Mark 9.23 says, with God, all things are possible. So, Father, Lord, if we're struggling, if we're in turmoil, if we're in suffering, Lord, you help us. Father, show us your victory. Show us your encouragement. Give us your wisdom, Lord. Help us go out this week in a new sense of victory in a new sense of hope and confidence, Father. Lord, help us go out that we are actually a living witness for you, a living light of testimony of your goodness, of your grace, and of your mercy. Father, stop us from falling into the rut of of being Christian Sunday and back to the world on Monday. Help us live a real life. Help us be a blessing to others. And may we be blessed in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.
0: Thank you for joining Life City Church, and we hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. If this ministry has made an impact on your life, we'd love to hear from you. Please drop us a line and share your story at thanks at livecitychurch.com or email us your prayer needs at prayer at livecitychurch.com We'd love to connect with you and hear more about your story. If you love the ministry of Life City Church, You can make a financial gift to help us spread the good news of Jesus by going to LifeCityChurch.com and clicking the Giving tab. We hope today's message has spoken into your life and look forward to your next visit.